Kevin. Vern, Tool, Lucy, Lou. Uh, gorgeous. This weather is gorgeous, and I'm on a stroll, stroll together with Lucy, Lou. Kevin, it is a, a popular joke format for the worst website ever, Twitter, to say, um, I think about this at least once a day. I think about this all the time. And then just post anything. And, and then just, just literally any image. <laughs> yes, anything. Um, and something, as long as it's just like image or a video or something that would just make you go, ah, or huh, you know, just one of those, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to. Um, and I, I, I do feel uh, that there was probably, that format probably gets overused. I, I doubt that none of these folks think about whatever it is they're posting at least once a day or whatever it is. If, if I were a betting man, and I'm sorry to stop you. It's all good. If I were a betting man, I would say that at least 99% of the posts that say, I think about this at least once a day are people that just learned about that fact that day. <laughs> yes, yes. And so statistically, yes, they do think about it every day since they've learned about it, which was today. And I think similarly of the people that say like, why is no one talking about this? And they're like, they're posting like about redlining. Um, and then they're like, no, you just learned about that. We all know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've been know about redlining. No, you just weren't listening, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not on us that you were outside the room. Um, right, exactly. Anyway, continue. It's all good. But, Kevin, I do have a thing that I don't think about it once a day, but I would say that I've thought about this at least once a week. And I've thought about this at least once a week for... Maybe two and a half years now? Three and a half years? I've thought about this at least once a week since I lived in Missouri. So maybe even okay, like that's, four that, years. That's been quite some time. And it is something that you, my friend, said. <laughs> and Me? You. Uh, oh, no. And I, I need... I, I prefer for my quotes to be <laughs> solidly forgotten after they are said. I want no accountability for my work. I'm putting this one on the record. This one, this one, I, I, for my sanity, for my peace of mind, I need to know. I need, I need a context for this. Kevin Lanigan. Yes. TVs. You once, it was not famous at the time, but perhaps now it will become famous. You once said that Turtle from Entourage was the worst character in fiction. Please, God, can you explain this? <laughs> the worst character. The worst character in fiction. In fiction. Kevin, um. that includes like. <laughs> that includes like the flower shop owner in the room. That 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 includes like uh, NPCs and RPGs <laughs> who just say like. Dwarven crafts, fine yeah. dwarven crafts, <laughs> or who just say like the weather is always good on Mount Wendigo, and that's <laughs> like oh okay, I have to go to Mount Wendigo to like find the the next dungeon. Got it, got it, got it. Um, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about my accusations against Jerry Ferrara as Turtle uh, on TV's Entourage. You ha and you'll have to lay so some. You'll have to lay some. I'm sorry to cut you off. You'll have no, to no, lay no. some groundwork because I'm only like I'm vaguely familiar with Entourage. I know it exists. I know it's popular. 
I know they make an mm-hmm. Aquaman movie in it. Um, I know. Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> James Cameron's Aquaman, actually. Oh, gotcha. Uh, um, yes, the best part of Entourage is always when Vinny Chase is in the our our hero Vinny Chase based very very loosely on Mark Wahlberg allegedly because Mark Wahlberg produced Entourage. Okay, so you have to imagine that is like the inspiration for all of this. Okay. Um, uh, so, so the best part of Entourage was always when Vinny Chase was in a movie and they just did not, you remember, have, Vern, have you seen Tropic Thunder? Yes. Okay. Tropic Thunder did one of the best jobs in my mind of faking the movies that its actor characters were allegedly in, you know, Jack Black as Jeff Portnoy when he's in The Fatties Fart 2. <laughs> it it looks and sounds like that movie would. Like a, yes. a bad knockoff Nutty Professor movie. Yes. When, when Robert Downey Jr. as Kirk something um, is Lazarus. in... Kirk Lazarus, thank you. Uh, at playing uh, Sergeant Lincoln Osiris. Uh, a, a role... I have once said that Robert Downey Jr. should have won an Academy Award for and will eventually pay someone to go back and scrub every time I say that from <laughs> a podcast because I just don't, I think it's illegal for me to say that now. Yes. Um, but when he's in Satan's Alley, a movie where he and Tobey Maguire are gay Irish Catholic priests, um, it looks and feels enough like that that you yes. can fake that okay this is a movie that daniel day lewis would be in or same thing of tug speedman's scorcher <laughs> franchise yes um i know too much about the movie tropic thunder um <laughs> the the worst uh version of this is in entourage where you know Vinnie chase stars in martin scorsese's production of queen's boulevard and, uh, you know, of, of course, featuring a scene where Vinny Chase says goodbye to Ethan Suplee's character and says, I am Queens Boulevard. And it looks just and Martin Scorsese does play himself on the show, but it just doesn't fucking look anything like a Martin Scorsese movie. Okay. It looks like it looks like fucking sin city from what i remember like it's just it's just some fucking garbage sin city the robert rodriguez movie not sin city the concept of las vegas yes yes um, i understood um fun f- okay i'm sorry we will good. get back to entourage just like one quick thing because again i will have i will never have another venue to talk about this um so <laughs> So there was an NBC drama called Las Vegas and set like, oh, it's it's it was James Caan and Josh Duhamel. uh, And they like they like ran a casino uh, and then James Caan got too expensive and they replaced him with Tom Selleck. Not a bad way to go. All things considered. Um, And it's about them running a, a a casino. Now, the opening credits theme song of this show was an Elvis Presley song. However, I it. Oh. it was not Viva Las Vegas as sung by Elvis Presley. It was that song, a little less conversation, a little more oh, action, okay. please. Do you know why they did not use Viva Las Vegas? Uh, I, I, I do not know, no. That is because there was, starting at approximately the same time as Las Vegas, a... 3D animated sitcom 
on NBC. The the jungle called, called Father of the Pride. Yeah, where, where John Goodman voiced essentially Siegfried and Roy's lion. It That's was right. everything but being Siegfried and Roy's lion. Um, and the theme song was, of course, a John Goodman cover of Viva Las Vegas. Oh, um, okay. And, and so that was what we were treated to every uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. when we tuned into Father of the Pride. Um, Father of the Pride, of course, featuring an episode wherein Donkey from Shrek shows up but in the universe of Father of the Pride, Donkey from Shrek is an actor playing Donkey in Shrek. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> I can't believe this show was canceled. <laughs> I can't believe it only went for one season. It's baffling to me. Uh, but yes, Donkey from Shrek showed up and he was not from far, far away. He was the actor Donkey from Shrek who in Shrek is essentially playing himself. Cool. Now that, again, we've just got that out of the way, I could go back to Entourage. And and yes, Vinny Chase starred in James Cameron's Aquaman. The plot of one episode of Entourage, I think the season three premiere, it was Vinny Chase being depressed that Aquaman was not outgrossing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. So that tells you when Entourage was on television. Is that... <laughs> is that the plot of an episode of Entourage was Vinny Chase being depressed that he was not in the number one most successful movie of all time. He was in the number two most successful movie of all time. Uh, But don't worry, the episode ends with James Cameron's Aquaman outgrossing Spider-Man. But anyway, we see one clip of Aquaman where he's like running down a dock and he's shredding a tuxedo to like reveal the Aquaman outfit as like a tidal wave approaches the shore. Um, I don't know what Aquaman's going to fucking do about that. He can't control the water, but it's (laughs) that shot does not look like James Cameron who like say what you will about James Cameron. There is a reason he is the second most powerful filmmaker on the planet. The only reason he's not number one is because he hasn't made a fucking movie in 11 years. Nolan had more time to take over. Well, Um, and to be fair, uh, he's not made a movie in 11 years because he's been making six movies in the last 11 years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you know what? I gotta say, if James Cameron tells me I need five Avatar sequels, I guess I do. I guess I do need five (laughs) Avatar sequels. Give it to me. Um, But anyway, okay, so... Entourage. For yes. anyone who might not have a firm memory of HBO's Entourage, um, <laughs> this stars Adrian Grenier, who you would know from The Devil Wears Prada and only The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> as Vinny Chase, the hot young Hollywood celebrity. Um, a even though Mark Wahlberg thinks he's Vinny Chase, like, he's not. That's not the right kind of actor. Like, Vinny Chase is much more of a 2000s Matthew McConaughey, where he's usually in these, like, silly pieces, but every so often he busts out, like, a good performance in a good movie. McConaughey in his, like, weird nadir of the 2000s before he rebounds really hard in, like, 2011, 2012. Um, but, but anyway, it's Vinny Chase. Um, and Entourage is, I think, notorious for incredibly low stakes episodes. And no matter what problem our Vinny Chase is in, he will always get out of it. 
there will always be no repercussions to his actions at any given point. Okay. A terrible character. Okay. A, 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 a wretched... Entourage is only good if you just want some, like, titties and rich guy stuff wish fulfillment. It is the only level on which you can watch Entourage. So he's a terrible um, character, but he's not the worst character in fiction. He's not the worst character. Okay. So of the eponymous entourage right entourage has you know there's a there's a there's a rotating cast of recurring characters there's sloan um who is E's longtime girlfriend on and off um there is of course seth green playing himself seth green and Vinny chase have a long-standing feud and it always gets worse every time seth green shows up very funny so here's the here's our cast of entourage and i'm going to go in descending order from most interesting to least interesting Okay. 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 I have I have a feeling that Turtle will be bringing up the rear then. I, uh, you would think. Okay. Uh, so most interesting, Johnny Drama. The well, he's got the, an interesting name. I the mean, the older. I mean, he just he just called Johnny TNT because Drama he knows drama. drama follows him so closely. It's it's behind his first name. It's his last name. I yeah. only wish Drama could have been his middle name, but unfortunately, it is not. Number one most interesting, Johnny Drama, uh, because he is played by actor Kevin Dillon, who is Matt Dillon's real-life older, less successful brother. Okay. And and on the show, he is playing Vinny Chase's older, less successful actor brother. And he is very, very funny, because he is your wild card. In any Entourage plot, you essentially know how all of the main characters are going to react to something, which is blandly and without personality. Johnny Drama! <laughs> you don't know where this guy's gonna come from, right? Okay. He might do something crazy, you know, if it's hot out, he might love the hot, but he also might hate the hot. Oh. You know, it's it's this lack of consistency that is really the key to Johnny Drama and why he is consistently the best character on Entourage. Okay. Second best is uh, Jeremy Piven, unfortunately, as Ari Gold, who won fucking like five Emmys for his performance for performance as Ari on Entourage. Wow, really? Um, Essentially playing the same human monster that Jeremy Piven is in real life. Okay. Um, and Did he's, they... the, he's the angry agent. He He's the guy, you know, you've seen it a hundred times. He'll pick up the phone. He'll be like, if you fuck me on this, I will take your dick off and I will shove it up your ass and I will stick it in your wife's mouth. You know, like that kind of guy. Gotcha. Um, that is like every scene. And he's horribly abusive to his gay Asian assistant. Um, which I'm sure has aged like fucking dinosaur bones, you know, just <laughs> aged like fucking milk or bread. Just like, I I cannot imagine the character of Lane as played by an actor whose name I don't know, but Ari Gold's assistant. I'm sure in retrospect, that's just a fucking hate crime. Um, so and then, so and anyway, that's, no, you go ahead, go ahead, I, interject. It's uh, uh, I just uh, that's interesting. Uh, two reasons. I'm I'm only I had a friend who was very into Entourage, so there was. How some... much do you like this friend? Uh, well, we do we do not. I said had a friend. Um, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So... That, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was a thing. My my familiarity my familiarity with Entourage is I would come over to his house 
and watch the last five or ten minutes of it, and then we'd go out or something like that. I do think it's interesting that, like, one of the... Pl- I was familiar with the Aquaman plot, and then, like, mm-hmm. in the show, that's a James Cameron joint, and then Jeremy Piven goes on to be in a James Cameron joint. I This is true. do have to ask, was this before Entourage's time? Uh, is there any sort of joke about... Jeremy Piven getting, like, mercury poisoning on the set of Aquaman the movie? (laughs) I can't recall. Okay. Uh, Truly, unfortunately, I can't recall if that was a plot. It has been... So here's my interaction with the show Entourage. Okay. My aunt, for whatever reason... You know, when... Vern, I'm sure you've had this experience. When your family or your family's friends learn you like movies and tv it's sort of a wild card of what they'll give you based on that criteria right so i had like i had like a friend's mom who knew i was super into movies and she was always like you gotta watch the grifters with harvey keitel that's like a great movie you have to watch the grifters to this day i still have not seen the grifters a a movie where i believe they do no actual grifting um (laughs) The but, movie's the grifter. Yeah, the movie is the true grift because there is no grifting in the movie. Um, but, you know, I'm sure you've had these experiences where Christmas and birthdays or random presents from relatives, you might get some weird something they found at a yard sale because they're like, my nephew likes movies, so he must like U571 starring about a, <laughs> this, the submarine movie. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I've i gotten it a little bit with movies. I've gotten it a whole lot with, like, comedy. I've gotten a lot of, sure. like, people that were, like, vaguely familiar with me in whatever way. And they were like, oh. You must love Dane Cook. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of that. A lot of, like, and because of where I, I grew up, a lot of, like redneck humor like jeff foxworthy is like you know your 101 level and then there's your the rest of your blue collar guys and that's your 102 level i'd get like a lot of 103 and 104 level like you you would maybe get to a ron white yeah um, who is the funny one of that bunch yes uh you know what i mean like ron white Told actual jokes with actual delivery. Yeah, had a, uh, billing, had a stage, had a had a persona, had a a stage had a presence. presence, had yeah. an act, you know. And I think I think Bill Ingvall is probably second. He would he would occasionally bust out something kind of interesting, um, not to get off any complete blue collar comedy tour uh, tangent. But Ron White is easily the number one, Absolutely. and then with a bullet, and then probably. Bill Jeff Larry, probably. Yeah, I think that's Cause, fair. Because Jeff, Jeff is not my kind of guy, but like I at least understand. Like, okay, this is this these are this is relatable. I understand this, and I, I don't understand of, Larry the Cable Guy, but I understand I, Jeff. Yeah, and like blue collar comedy tour came out. Like, I feel like that was kind of like a victory lap for Jeff Foxworthy. It was like kind of when he was on his way out. He was way bigger. You know, in the in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, than he was. You know what I mean? So he was kind of like for uh, sure. And blue collar comedy tour was massive. It was huge. There was um, maybe two years where that was the only thing that was on Comedy Central. Yeah, that uh, was that was stand up comedy. 
so for much like a so, few years in the in the aughts. Yeah, for so much so that I think like the third blue color comedy tour movie is a Comedy Central original movie. Like they made that movie just so they can have more blue color comedy tour showing on their network. Yes, exactly. The first I think, two were I theatrical, think... and then the third one was just a straight to Comedy Central thing. Exactly. Just so they had a third special to to play. Yes. Um, where you need something to break up Van Wilder and Sorority Boys on a <laughs> endless loop. Yes. Um, if it's if it's after midnight, you play not another teen movie, so you can like get away with the curse words. But really, like those are your those are your three super troopers. Um, you needed something else to like sprinkle in there. Yeah. Uh, of the there was, I think there's like four Comedy Central original movies. The third blue color comedy tour movie is like the most successful one, and then way 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 down, tied for second, third, and fourth place is. Windy City Heat, Porn and Chicken, and the Hebrew Hammer. Uh, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. There's a, there's a desert between Blue Collar Comedy Tour Part 3 and then those three movies. Not uh, to stick on Comedy Central for a long time, but there's like a hard ten years between Dave Chappelle deciding he doesn't want to do Chappelle show anymore and... Comedy Central rebounding into a legitimate place to find good comedy. There's a rough, like, yeah. ten years in there before they, like, before they do Key and Peele, before they do eh, all the, before they decide they want to have stand-up comedy on their network again. You know, yes. like, there's a there's a rough period in there. And then there's, now there's all kinds of uh, interesting shows that happen on Comedy Central. But but yeah. anyway, there's a, there's a rough year post-Chappelle show when Mind of Mencia reigns supreme. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, I hate that, like, we live in the timeline where, like, Mind Mind of Mencia premiered the same year as Stella with Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, and David Wayne, and one of those shows went on for seven more seasons, and one of those shows didn't even make, like, didn't even get to air the rest of their season. Guess and which one of those which. shows can fit on two DVD discs. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I hate that uh, the one that was success- successful is the one that was successful, but indeed they they were, um, they were struggling. But, they lost but I their voice. think I think time has paid off much more for Wayne Showalter and Black than it did for Carlos Mencia. Yes, you absolutely. know, like they did win out. Uh, David Wayne is still an incredibly working director. Um, who floats back and forth between, like, odd jobs and his weird passion projects. Showalter is now a reliable dramedy director, like, has a good career yeah. as um, as the guy who makes The Big Sick, the guy that makes My Name, Hello, is, my Doris. name is Doris. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and Black works, you know? Black, black, <laughs> black pops up. I mean, I'm not saying that derisively. Like, oh, yeah, no, if he... you watch any sitcom for long enough, fucking Michael Ian Black shows up for a little yeah. while. Uh, he books, and I mean that as a as a compliment. Even Absolutely, though some yeah. of his like, eh, he says some dumb things on the internet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he says some dumb things. I would just suggest mute him. You don't have to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but back to Entourage. Yes. So after after Jeremy Piven as Ari Gold, there is. The San Marianas Trench, um, between, 
between Ari Gold and the next best character on Entourage, who somehow is Vinny Chase, and that shows you how low this limbo stick done gone, that okay. Vinny Chase is the next one. The main character uh, of the show is... The main okay. character of the show. And and it's rough. It's really bad. Like, he is an uninteresting main character. I believe... Oh. I'm sorry, I'm remembering an episode of... But anyway, what I was speaking about earlier with relatives getting you things is that my aunt, behest of little to nothing, got me from a yard sale the first two and a half seasons of Entourage on DVD. Okay, gotcha. Um, And the third season was split in two, so it was two DVD sets. I only got the first half of the third season. So as far as I am concerned, Entourage ends with them firing Ari Gold halfway through season three. There are, of course, five more seasons of Entourage (laughs) that Ari Gold continues to star in. So I imagine he gets rehired. And then there is a movie, if not two. I know there's at least one. There's at um, least one, and I do not want my browser history to show <laughs> that I have looked up Entourage 2. So I, we're just going to leave that as a mystery. Listener, you can decide if you want to go to the library and look through microfiche and find if there's an Entourage 2. Kevin uh, Kevin will he'll search like internet porno on his main browser, but he will go no to problem. incognito mode for Entourage 2. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would rather my significant other walk in on me watching hentai than me <laughs> looking for entourage 2 so we continue on. anyway san mariano's trench adrian grenier as Vinny chase then after that is my previous marker as the worst character in fiction which was there's this one woman that is in every wc fields movie who exists only to just shriek at him for the entire duration of the movie. And when I was in a class where half of our curriculum was W.C. Fields movie, I came to loathe this woman as I would Harry Kissinger. Uh, (laughs) I came to loathe this woman as if she was behind, you know, Agent Orange, as if she was one of the architects of the Holocaust. Like, I came to loathe this woman. Um, and so she was my previous barometer, and then I reappraised Entourage and found that there were two Entourage characters that slips beneath uh, that barrier. Um, the next is E, who uh, uh, played by Kevin Connolly, who, if you Google his uh, director filmography, is rough. And is just the most boring, insufferable, just just an absolutely noxious character. The problem with E is that there's nothing. There's nothing to grab onto. There's nothing to latch onto. Apologies, Kevin Connolly. I know you're listening. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Kevin Connolly, uh, his great-grandmother is the woman from the W.C. Field movie, so he turned off before you got to him. <laughs> Right, because I insulted his family pride. There's going to be a one-star review uh, from E! Exclamation point, and we're going to know who it is. It was Kevin Connolly. (laughs) And then, and then, and then, we come to Jerry Ferrara as Turtle. I am dying to hear this. Entourage. The least compelling character. The most unlike so first and foremost he's like 
obviously a misogynist pig. Like, he's a pig, and it's played completely for laughs. Like, below Barney Stinson, below Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men. Just, like, keep fucking digging. And this guy is the worst version of this same archetype that we've seen for thousand times he's disgusting he is like like when the animaniacs would see hello nurse like this is turtle from entourage just mm. like a humana, 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 a a cretin a leech um he is a member of the eponymous entourage and he is you know, one of their friends from the neighborhood, from back home, um, and so he he is a he is a lecher. He he is a a, a a a a the little fish creature that latches on to the manta ray as a as a vestigial. Like he is, uh, he, is okay. a, he is a cretin, a bottom um, feeder. He's a bottom feeder. He is a gross and. Perhaps this role could have been redeemed with the right actor. It was the wrong time chronologically, but the right place geographically where this character is supposed to be from. That, like, if you make this guy John Gabris, he's... He... Imagine John Gabris, right? Beloved host, funny, you Mm -hmm. know, Long Island guy. Mm -hmm. Strip every ounce of charisma. Okay. And just make him... The grossest possible version of intern Gino. And we will be... There are whole episodes of Entourage where the B-plot is Turtle really wants this one expensive pair of sneakers. And Vinny Chase, of course, buys him whatever he wants, but, like, they're going all around town trying to find a pair of sneakers. Now, this plot is not funny. But I am supposed to be invested in it for some reason. Because I want Turtle to get his shoes? I don't... It's... I am asked over and over again to follow this guy's plot as he bangs, like, model after model. As he catches, like, Vinny's runoff uh, to use parlance that Turtle would use himself. I am asked to, like, sympathize with this guy that is drowning in secondhand models, and and I'm supposed to feel bad for him? I'm supposed to empathize with him or celebrate with his victories? And I can't. I don't know how anyone could. Gotcha. And it's not like you're, you're, you're talking about, like, going shoe shopping. They They never do anything where it's like... He goes and he... Do they have, like, things where, like, he goes to buy a pair of sneakers and, like, one's a size 9 and one's a size 11 and he's... You know, and then he goes to get back and then he gets the shoes... A new pair of shoes and it's... The shoe sizes are reversed on the opposite feet. Like, is there... Do they play with that any? Like, are there any, like... No, it's just... It's just them going from store to store looking for this pair of shoes. And, like, okay. Vinny's like, I'm a movie star, I can get to the front of the line, and I'm just supposed to be compelled by this man's desperate quest to to get a pair of shoes. Like the... 
Like, the episode is structured like the Seinfeld parking garage episode. You know? Like, just following these characters on a singular mission. But remember how fucking good the parking garage episode of Seinfeld is? Like, remember how funny it is? How it's, like, a relatable story? It's it's also comparable to, like, the Chinese food, uh, the Chinese food restaurant episode of Seinfeld. You know, like, it's modeled after those same low stakes but still compelling episodes of okay. good sitcoms. And I am just supposed to follow Turtle looking for a particular pair of expensive tennis shoes. And like the And that the... is every episode of Turtle. Or he's trying to score with some woman who is not playing the same sport, much less in the same league. Like um, I was gonna say like that parking garage episode of Seinfeld, like the uh, the actor Jerry Seinfeld playing the role Jerry Seinfeld, like he didn't use the restroom when they once they started filming. He just held his pee back because his character in that episode had to find a bathroom. And and Michael Richards, uh, he he carried a box that had the weight of whatever it was he was supposed to be carrying. So like they added some real life like method, like real life approach to this performance. Whereas in Entourage, like I guess. Jerry Ferrara thought back to the time that he really wanted a pair of shoes. <laughs> like, really, like, like, there are... You can do an episode of television about literally anything and make it compelling. To, to run some low-stakes shit just off the top of my head, you can do a compelling episode about community where a character loses their pen and it becomes an episode about, like, can I truly trust my friends and those I hold close to me. You can do an episode of Lost where Hurley is rebuilding a van because it represents his relationship with his father and his own personal failings where alongside his friends who are also lost in their personal quests, they can have this one victory where they rebuild a van in the jungle. You can do an episode of television about anything. There is a show on Adult Swim, of all places, uh, Joe Parra Talks With You. It is just the absolute best. Honestly, like, probably my second favorite show of all time. Uh, Just an amazing show. And... So many episodes of that show are very, very, very low stakes, but just compelling as heck plot lines. Like, I, the most, one of the most engaged I've ever been with a storyline, like, moments of my life was earlier this year when I was just, like, really, really invested. Like, man, I hope Joe Perra's bean arch grows into an arch. He planted the stakes. He's got the uh, the chicken wire set up. Hopefully, the beans will grow up the wire and form an arch. That's all I want for him. And that was a multi-episode, half a season-long plot line that I was like, at the end of every week, I was like, God, I hope his bean arch comes together. It can be done where you can just make the lowest of low stakes uh, stories just so compelling. Um, you can do an episode of Andy Daly's review where over the course of an episode of television, a character has eaten 45 pancakes <laughs> and make it an episode that like brings you to tears with the sheer drama of what is unfolding. You can, every episode of Nathan for you is a testament to this same idea that we are talking about. 
of like, can you make an episode where someone is making a fake viral video into compelling television? And you absolutely can. And Entourage has episode after episode of empty, vacuous nothing. And never once even gets close to the achievements of its peers. And of like, elevating seemingly in the seemingly innocuous to the transcendent. And like, at least like with Seinfeld, it's like we've all had a moment where we couldn't find our car. Uh, we've we've had things where like, man, it'd be really cool if this thing I planted grew. Like we've all had those low stakes things in our lives that we that we have personally invested a lot of ourselves into. Uh, but you can make compelling human drama about anything. You but can, not a lot of us. You can get me to empathize with rich characters who live so far beyond my personal means if you make it a compelling human story. But how many of us can relate to like, oh, I'm trying to get Mark Wahlberg's ex-girlfriend in bed. You know, <laughs> like, that's not something that the common man can like really like oh yeah really relate to last just just last month uh and of course let us never forget that uh there is an episode of entourage set at sundance where their mission is to impress harvey weinstein this has been kevin This has been a Talkback Podcast.